Hello, friends, um, and welcome back to another episode. Um, so just a couple things. If I sound weird, I don't know if I actually will. Um, I'm not sick. Like, I might sound kind of nasally. I'm not sick. It's just my allergies are so bad right now that, um, I, like, I'm so congested. I've been waking up in the middle of the night every single night because I'm so congested. Um, and then I, I moved, um, and so I have, there's no AC, and all the AC units are sold out, um, in my area and surrounding areas, actually. So, there might be the slight whir of a fan in the background, um, and that's because if I don't have the fan on, um, I would be sitting here sweating, which would be so unenjoyable. Um, but yeah, that's just some background stuff. Um, oh my gosh, another thing, if anybody cares, since I moved, um, I've also gotten a new kitten. So now I have two kittens. And, um, so in some episodes, maybe down the road, not today's episode because I've locked them out of the room. Um, but in some episodes down the road, you might hear some jingling of their collars because they have bells on their collars. So yeah. Okay. So if you can read the title, I'm sure you already know what this episode is about, but I, I was originally going to do um, a different pyramid scheme. I won't say what one because I kind of like to keep the episodes, the, um, companies that I do the episodes on a secret just for myself. I don't know if anybody is like cares about that, but I like to do it for myself. Um, so originally I was going to do a different pyramid scheme. And then I started watching this documentary series on Netflix called Unwell. And um, if you're a part of the anti-MLM community, I'm sure that you have um, heard of this series because um, people have been talking about it in the groups that I'm a part of. Um, and so the first episode of this docu-series on Netflix is about essential oils and specifically it's about like doTERRA and Young Living. And so watching that, I had no idea the stuff that went on behind the scenes to cre- to make Young Living and all this drama that the creator of Young Living, um, Donald Gary Young, um, did and went through prior to making Young Living. And so if you haven't seen the episode, um, you should definitely go watch it because it 100% inspired this episode. It inspired me to do more research. Um, and I learned things that I didn't know about essential oils and not, not good things about essential oils either. Let me put that into perspective I was not learning the various ways to use them okay anyways let me stop rambling because you're probably sitting there like okay let's let's get into it um and so if I haven't already explicitly said it for this episode um today's episode is about young living and so for those who are wondering um young living like I had mentioned before 
is an essential oils company. Um, however, it's an essential oils pyramid scheme company. So if you haven't listened to other episodes, um, essentially what that means is that um, their staff um, are compensated for um, recruiting other individuals to sell the oils. So you can make money, um, you can make some money selling the oils, but the majority of your income if you work for Young Living is um, recruiting. And so one of the big things about Young Living is that um, they they make claims for, um, they make claims that their essential oils can help um, cure some very, um, you know, normal ailments like a sore throat or um, a headache. And, but they've also made claims that their essential oils can cure things like Ebola um, and coronavirus. And I wish I was joking. Um, but as you'll hear down the episode, uh, some of their um, like sellers uh, got in trouble for uh, making claims that Young Living can cure Ebola. Um, Some of the other things that Young Living sells is a cleaning product called Thieves. Um, I don't actually know if, I should have looked this up, but I don't know if that, that, um, those products, the Thieves products, have actual, like, disinfectants or cleaning properties to them, Um, but they do the Thieves brand does have essential oils in them. Um, and so a lot of people who use Young Living also use the Thieves products. Um, so yeah, so um, Young Living is based out of Lehigh, Utah. Um, and I recently learned that one of the reasons that they sell out of Utah is because there's no tax. Um or income tax. I can't remember something about tax. Um, and Young Living was founded in 1993 by Donald Gary Young. Um, you'll see a lot of times the women and the other folks who are involved in Young Living will refer to him as D. Gary Young. Um, and he also calls himself that on the website. Um, and I think what what my assumption is there is that by putting the because he goes by Gary really but by putting the D initial with the period in front of Gary um, D Gary Young it um, can confuse uneducated individuals and make it look like Doctor Gary Young um, and you'll see that that's you'll see why I think that. As we continue to talk about Dear Gary Young's uh, life and his road to success with essential oils. Um, But yeah, I think that that is a deceptive um, measure that Gary Young takes specifically to on his website so that it looks like he's a doctor, Um, which he's not. By the way, spoiler alert, Gary Young is not a fucking doctor as much as he would like to think that he is one. Um, so he, he founded Young Living in 1993. Um, he was born in Idaho. Um, he was born Mormon. He is also the second oldest of six children. 
you know, probably a normal kid, grew up in high school, grew up, did high school, did the do, did the thing all in Idaho. Um, he eventually um, works for the Forest Service, 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 that he works for the U.S. Forest Service um, and then moves to Canada because he wants to be a homesteader in B.C. Um, and according to Gary, um, around this time in his life, he was about 24, he suffered a near fatal logging accident um, and had to use a wheelchair um, but claims that during his rehabilitation, essential oils played a key part and are responsible for a good majority of his recovery. So, you know, take that with what you will. Um, so in 1973, he completes a home study course in nutrition and herbology and goes back to be a part-time trucker in BC. Um, then, in 1979, he enrolls at the Burroughs Vitaflex Institute, which is an unaccredited school dedicated to the teachings of Stanley Burroughs. Um, and so, Stanley Burroughs was actually convicted of secondary murder after one of his patients died of cancer that he was practicing on. Um, so, keep that in mind. So, you know, he's convicted of murder and um, then starts a school called the Burroughs Institute or the Burroughs Vitaflex Institute. So I did a little research on that. So basically what Vitaflex is, is that if you put pressure points on the right areas of the body, <clears throat> oh my goodness, excuse me. If you put pressure points on the right areas of the body, it will cure certain ailments again unaccredited and started by someone who is convicted of secondary murder so seems legit um he, uh gary then goes on to attend uh nutrition university which again is unaccredited in huntington beach california by kurt donsbach and guess what kurt donsbach does oh he's an unlicensed chiropractor so again super legit um getting all these teachings and learnings from unlicensed doctors who take it upon themselves to still practice medicine um unlicensed and okay sorry just to digress for a second not to mention an unlicensed chiropractor a chiropractor could kill you if they wanted to like they know exactly how to do do what they do incorrectly and so why would you, like, out of all the medicines to practice, why choose the one that you deal with the most fragile parts of the human body? Like, anyways, anyways, these people have no reason. So I don't know why I'm trying to, like, figure that out. They'd use no logic. Um. So then in the early 80s, um, Gary spends a quarter of a semester at a communi community college. Um, doesn't finish, uh, but still claims that he has earned a doctorate degree in naturopathy, um, which was not true. Um, and so he also claims that his um, 
doctorate degree came from Bernadine University, which is an unaccredited school, again, that has never been authorized to issue diplomas. Um, And its College of Health Sciences was accredited by the American Association of Drugless Practitioners. Um, And I don't have to tell you guys this, but obviously uh, none of those organizations are recognized by the U.S. Secretary of Education. So none of those are legit. So he basically has a fake piece of paper that says he has a doctorate degree in naturopathy from like a woo-woo. He he probably just paid for someone to send him that degree. Um, Nonetheless, however, uh, Gary takes his fake degrees and in 1982 opens up a clinic in Spokane, Washington, which offers unlicensed medical services including childbirth so you know he's he's just taking it upon himself to be like you know what i've learned enough from unaccredited people to also become an unaccredited doctor so why don't i just do things like birth children uh and obviously that didn't go well because in the same year that the clinic was opened um, Gary Young and his wife at the time, Donna Jean, attempted to give birth to their daughter in a whirlpool bath um, located at the clinic, but the child arrived, uh, oh my god, the child died of cardiac arrest during the delivery. Um, and according to the coroner, the child was born normal and healthy and died only because of oxygen deprivation and would have survived if a conventional delivery was used. So essentially what happened is they used a water birth and it, because Gary Young is not a licensed medical professional, um, the kid was underwater for too long and died. So despite the fact that Gary Young um, like killed his daughter, essentially his infant daughter, um, no criminal charges were laid uh, from the death, but it did prompt an investigation into Young's practices. And in 1983, Gary Young was the subject of a joint undercover investigation, uh, which was launched by the Spokane Police Department and the state of Washington. And um, during the course of that investigation, Young offered to deliver a baby and claimed that he could detect cancer with a blood test and treat it. So um, not only is he claiming to deliver babies, but he's claiming that he can detect cancer um, with a blood test and also treat the disease. Um, It didn't say anywhere what he was claiming to treat the disease with, but I'm assuming probably natural homeopathic remedies. I'm not sure if at this point he was like, shilling out essential oils to his clients i mean we can probably make that assumption um but in the research that i did i couldn't find any of that information um but thankfully he was arrested um, and charged with practicing without a license um and he pled guilty so he was fined only 250 dollars and given a 60-day suspended sentence um and placed on probation for one year he was ordered to not engage in the practice of medicine in washington and not to violate any licensing laws in other states so i mean 
at least something came out of the investigation because what frustrates me sometimes is that nothing comes out um there's no actual charges laid um there's no real consequences things like that um and i mean he was you know he's only fined 250 dollars um but at least he was told to not practice medicine anymore um so in 1986 he was promoting himself as a naturopathic doctor um he was operating the rosarita beach clinic in tijuana mexico and he was offering detoxification for cancer and lupus using treatments um whose legitimacy were like questionable at best um and so again it was like natural remedies to detox cancer it was like going on juice cleanses it was um you know like eating only a raw diet blah 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 and you would cure your cancer and so you know um a reporter at the los angeles time saw this and figured bullshit as he should and um wanted to test how legit gary young's um you know clinical diagnosis for cancer was because again he was claiming that he could test cancer from blood and then treat it and so this reporter submits cat and chicken blood to a clinic employee who failed to determine that the samples that were submitted were non-human and diagnosed the quote-unquote patients with aggressive forms of cancer and liver disease like people are these people not embarrassed this is what okay i'm gonna digress from this story a little bit are these people not truly so embarrassed to be involved or are they so brainwashed that they think that they're doing good and that that what they're doing is right or are they so money hungry that they don't care i like to think like the best of people which can be a fault obviously but I like to think that people are sitting there like, you know, we're just curing cancers. We're just making sure, you know, people are being cured without radiation, blah, blah, blah. But no, I think truly it is that they're just so money hungry that they don't even give a fuck what, how it impacts other people's lives around them. <sighs> it's disgusting. This story, the more that I was doing research, the more I was like, I hate this man. Like, and also, like, telling people who don't have cancer, who potentially don't have cancer, that they do have cancer and other various, like, life-threatening diseases, like, makes me sick. Imagine being told that you have cancer and you are spending all this time, money, energy to cure it, to find out that you don't have it. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't deal with that. Um, okay, so back back to the story. So he's just, so the Los Angeles Time has just um, submitted these blood samples to the clinic and they, they get it wrong. They don't even test that it's cat and chicken blood and they diagnose these patients with um, cancer and liver disease. And so um, that happens and... Um, 
in you know there's a there's a big like post about it in the los angeles times um i don't know if he had to close the clinic down when that went out because it was in mexico and i'm not sure i'm going to make the assumption um that you know the los angeles times um posting something about a clinic in mexico probably can't probably doesn't have a huge impact to gary's uh clinic however so he um had also founded and operated the young life wellness center which was a medical clinic in california um but in 19 1988 it was ordered by a judge to be shut down um because that year a complaint was filed um against gary young by the state of california claiming that unfair deceptive untrue and misleading advertising and unlawful unfair and fraudulent business practices um because he was, because at the time, young, very young, was selling and manufacturing unapproved medical devices and drugs and advertising, again, that he could cure cancer and other diseases. Um, and so, like, yeah, I, I don't even have words to say. I'm speechless. I was, I was thinking to myself, I wrote notes, like, you know, talk about this a little bit more. And I can't, like... There's nothing for me to say. Like, this man speaks for himself. And this is public record, by the way. Like, I didn't, you, I got this shit on Wikipedia. Like, you don't have to go far. And then I, and then I, so I got on Wikipedia and cross-referenced it with all the articles that they discuss and talk about. And like, you don't, you don't have to go far to find this information. So to women who are a part of Young Living, if for some reason you're listening to this, Tell me why you can have this information and you still choose to sell Young Living. Is it because, you know, like in your head, it, is it because you think that this is big pharma, this is the government coming in and, and you know, you know, saying like, we're not making money on homeopathy, you know, and naturopathy. So you can't do this. You can't make these claims. Um, so, you know, we're going to shut down the businesses. Like, is that why? Like, what is the reasoning? Because even if this is true, like that, um, Essential oils can cure cancer, even if it's true. Involved in Young Living, like that. Anyways, okay. So in 1993, um, Gary Young's on to his third wife, um, Mary. So we got Gary and Mary. Yeah, that's incredible. So Gar, Gar and Mare, Gar Bear and Mare Bear. <laughs> Gary and Mary. Um, in 1993 found uh young living essential oils and so um at the time young living is reported to become one of the largest vendors of essential oils in the united states they have over 3 million customers in 1993 and in 2000 gary opens the young life research clinic in utah um, which was a clinic that provided essential oils and alternative therapies to people suffering from a variety of ailments, um, including 
so you know big bracket here of ailments so they can cure de from depression all the way to cancer they love to claim that they can cure cancer and it's because cancer patients are obviously very um vulnerable because they have like an illness that is notoriously hard to treat and um cure some of them are uncurable by modern medicine and so these companies like hone in on that and like take advantage of these very vulnerable people so that's why i think you'll hear a lot of um the essential oils people say that it can cure cancer um so in 2004 the utah attorney general charged a clinic employee with practicing medicine without a license um because they were conducting diagnostic tests and prescribing products to patients at the clinic um and so the clinic also employed a pediatrician whose medical license had previously been suspended by the state medical board um, and was convicted of manslaughter in connection with the improper treatment and death of a cancer patient under his care. <sighs> Why? Is it because they, I guess, is it because they, they know that doctors in the U.S. make a ton of money? So I think I've said this before. So I live in Canada. Um, and so we don't have um we don't have private health care when it comes to um like cancer treatments and stuff like that so um I, i'm not sure if all i don't want to say this actually i'm not going to say this because i don't know but um so and i think that because we don't have um private health care we don't experience um the same level of um like doctors practicing without a license as they do in the united states is because ours is really it's regulated by the government so um it's i think there's less of a desire because it's public um doctors obviously still make good money but i don't think they make the same money that they would um in the u.s where there's private health care so i think that's why we don't see a lot of um fake doctors popping up because like there's <laughs> there's not really the same money in it um and so however in the states clearly this is um this is a theme like unlicensed medical professionals and so for anyone listening I'm actually curious if you've ever had experience, um, if you've ever had experience with an unlicensed medical professional in the U.S., um, and if you found out later on they were unlicensed and what the treatment was like um, while you were with them. Just for my own curiosity, like I'm, I'm genuinely curious about these kinds of people because clearly in this like story, um, it's a theme, right? Like unlicensed medical professionals is a theme. And so this one, in my opinion, is almost worse because he was an unlicensed pediatrician. Like, why? What do you, what, are, I just, I just want to know what they're getting out of it. So that's, I guess that's my question. Like, what do unlicensed medical professionals get out of practicing? And my assumption is money, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, so Gary Gare Bear is running this clinic, um, and it's not doing so hot. People are getting charged left, right, and center. If they haven't been charged at his current clinic, they were charged previously at other clinics. 
Um, and in 2005, the clinic settles a lawsuit with a patient who claims that they were given an infusion of vitamin C that caused near fatal kidney failure. That's insane. Um, so he, so, you know, Gare Bear is tired of the hate. He's tired of getting ripped on. He wants to be somewhere where his medical, you know, his medical expertise, his legitimate medical degrees will be appreciated. Um, so he closes this clinic in Utah and he opens a new one called the Nova Vita Medical Clinic in Ecuador, where, um, you know, he's practicing medicine and surgery at this point. So not only is he <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss with this man. So, you know, not only has he failed at, um, you know, providing medical care to people, he's failed at delivering children. Uh, he, he thinks, you know what, though, despite that, despite my inability to practice medicine and my inability to deliver children, I will take the easy route. I will take one for the team, and I will instead practice surgery unlicensed. And so, keep in mind, so he has these clinics opening and closing, opening and closing, but he's also on the side running, like, a very successful essential oils business. And so, by the time he's opened up this surgery in Ecuador and he's practicing surgery, the CEO of um, Young Living, David Sterling, is not pleased. He realizes that what Gary is doing is not good. It's not good for the reputation of the company. It's not good for, um, you know, the clients of the company, etc. Um, and I think, you know, I think he's pretty vocal about that. He was saying to Gary, like, we, you can't do this. Um, and as a company, we, we cannot take this on cannot take on this, um, you know, this liability of you practicing medicine and surgery in Ecuador. But Gary does not like that. He only surrounds himself with people who um, are fans of him. So in 2008, David Sterling was fired from Young Living um, along with some other executives. Um, but don't worry, David Sterling, uh, you know, does well because what David Sterling actually does uh, when he leaves Young Living is him and the other ex-executives uh, create a company of their own called doTERRA. So I don't know if anyone else knew this and maybe it was just my dumbass who hasn't done enough research on doTERRA and um, like like let me let me explain that again. So the COO of Young Living is fired by Gary Young. And um, instead of going on to do greater things with his COO experience, he creates another pyramid scheme company called doTERRA. And if you know Young Living, you know doTERRA. Again, like doTERRA sells essential oils, um, just like Young Living does. Uh, their staff make the same claims that Young Living does. They cure cancers, they cure ailments, depression, autism, Ebola, Corona. Um, 
and yeah, I I personally was speechless when I found this out. When I was doing research and I read this, my jaw was on the floor. Like, I, like, David Sterling was notorious during his time at Young Living for being against the things that Young Living was claiming. And so, however, though, when he left, he realized that, you know, that there's big money in essential oils. There's vulnerable people who are sick and they want cures. And so why not claim that essential oils can cure them? Anyways, so David Sterling creates uh, doTERRA. Um, doTERRA's aim was to sell essential oils to a wider client base than Young Living um, and saw huge growth, like almost immediately. But in 2013, Young Living filed a suit against doTERRA for the theft of trade secrets, um, claiming that the company recreated their production process illegally. Um, and in 2014, the fourth district court dismissed the claims made against doTERRA and the company's um, settled other lawsuits that Young Living had filed against. And so Young Living lost. And in 2017, um, Young Living was ordered to pay all of doTERRA's legal fees, which was $1.8 million. So we've heard a lot about the history of um, Young Living. And so more recently, I think, um, people have been questioning Young Living's claims a little bit more, as they should. Um, and I think that's probably because, you know, when Young Living was big in the 90s and the early 2000s, the scope of the internet as it is now did not exist. And so, you know, they're making a lot of claims back then, and they still make those claims now. However, um, the FTC and the uh, Food and Drug Administration, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, as well as just like regular, um, you know, reporters and internet folk have begun to call Young Living out on their BS, essentially. And so um, in September of 2014, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration warned Young Living that um, the, the illegal marketing of its products as treatment or cures for Ebola and other conditions such as Parkinson's, autism, diabetes, hypertension, cancer, insomnia, heart disease, PTSD, dementia, and multiple sclerosis had to stop. So they were making these claims and it wasn't Young Living themselves. It wasn't Gary Young going online and saying, these are all the things that I can cure. Um, I don't think there was written, I don't think there was anything written where he said that. But I mean, obviously he was pushing it down to his um, staff and that was what was being spread all over the internet. And so the Food and Drug Administration got wind of that and said, this has to stop. And so this is the warning letter that the Food and Drug Administration um, sent to Young Living. This is to advise you that in August 2014, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration reviewed websites and social media accounts for several Young Living essential oils consultants that your firm refers to as Young Living distributors. The FDA also reviewed a 2012 to 2013 production guide found on your website. Okay, sorry, pause for a second. So I was wrong. So there were some claims that um, the actual company themselves made in writing. 
based on our review, FDA has determined that many of your Young Living essential oils products, um, and they just list them all, are promoted for conditions that cause them to be drugs under Section 201 of the Federal Food Drug and uh, Cosmetic Act because they are intended for use in diagnosis, cure, mitigation, treatment, or prevention of disease. The intended use of a product may be determined by, among other things, its labeling, advertising, and the circumstances surrounding its distribution. As described below, the marketing and distribution of your Young Living Essential Oils products without FDA-approved application is a violation of the Act. You market your products through paid consultants. Your compensation plan for your website, your your compensation plan for your consultants is explained on your website. Your consultants promote many of your Young Living Essential Oils products for conditions such as, but not limited to, viral infections, including Ebola, Parkinson's disease, autism, and so they, they just list the things that I talked about above. Um, these diseases are not amendable to self-diagnosis and treatment by individuals who are not medical practitioners. Consumers interested in your Young Living Essential Oils products are then redirected to your consultants to your website to purchase your products and or register as members. And when I say the FDA came with receipts about what they found consultants claiming, they dragged Young Living so hard. If you, I, I will, I will do my best to link this warning letter um, in the description of this episode because it like the examples that they came up with are there's so many of them and I only highlighted some of my personal favorites okay so let's get into um the examples so uh, these are all from the letter. So on the website, www.theessentialoils.com, under the heading, are you panicked about the Ebola virus after watching the news this week? Uh, one of the excerpts from that post, the Ebola virus cannot survive in the presence of a therapeutic grade cinnamon bark and oregano essential oil. Excuse me? Do you think if the doctors in 2014 who went over in hordes, some of them died of Ebola while there, while in Africa, do you think that if Ebola was cured from cinnamon bark and oregano, that people would have died in the numbers that they died in? Like, do, like, do you think that this is revolutionary news? Do you think that you are the gatekeeper to curing Ebola from the world? Like, did, did that even, like, when, you, when she was typing that, do you think that she thought of that? That she was like, you know what, I, I've done it. I've, I've, I've cured Ebola. This is it. Soon bark and oregano. Don't at me. So, okay, so the other thing, too is um the 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 letter has all these websites and so i was visiting all of them because i wanted to see like i want to see this article i want to read it so um none of the websites exist anymore a lot of them i think there's one that does i can't remember what one it is but a lot of them when you click on the links say like under maintenance like we'll be back soon um and i'm pretty sure that's because young living either told them they had to stop or 
fired them. So I don't know what the outcome of these people were, but um, again, another one. On the website, theoildropper.com, under the heading Young Living versus Ebola virus. <laughs> I don't know why that just caught me off guard. I'm just picturing like <laughs> Gary Young versus Ebola virus. <laughs> under the subheading Be Prepared um, on this website, it says, since I have become an avid Young Living essential oil user, I have learned all about the antimicrobial properties of so many oils, including antiviral constituents in many of our essential oils. Viruses, including Ebola, are no match for Young Living essential oils. Prove it. Prove it. Go get Ebola. Come back and prove it. That's what I want. That's what I want to say to these women is fucking prove it. You know what? Natural selection. Like, let's get this shit going. Prove that if you got Ebola, all you have to do is consume cinnamon bark and oregano essential oil. Oh my god, sorry, I just yawned. It's early. It's not even nine o'clock in the morning right now. Um, but like, and okay, this is the other thing too. Is so oil of oregano is different than oregano essential oil. So oil of oregano, um. When I was in university, and I could feel myself getting a bit of the common cold, I would take a like a mini red solo shot glass, or just a shot glass basically, fill it with water, and put like one or two drops of oil of oregano in it, and I would take it. And let me tell you, oil of oregano is the most vile, disgusting thing I've ever tasted in my life. However, what it did do is um usually i wouldn't i wouldn't get sick um if i if i felt a cold coming if i took it for a few days when i felt the cold coming i wouldn't get sick and now i'm not making claims if someone asked me i would say you should try this see what happens but oil of oregano is safe for consumption oregano essential oil is not safe for consumption none of these oils have been like FDA approved food grade for consumption. And so like to tell people to take that, that is not okay. We cannot be doing that. You cannot take, tell somebody to consume something that is not approved for food grade consumption. Anyways, so there's another website. So um, on the website, essentialsurvival.org. Um, why.org? Does it make it seem more legit? Under the heading Frankincense, Medicine for Wise Men and Women, um, there's an article called, in summary, Frankincense Oil. Okay. So according to them, Frankincense Oil is toxic only to cancer cells, unlike chemotherapy that kills healthy cells too, causes cancer cells to implode through apoptosis, the best way for cancer cells to go, shrinks tumors in preliminary research with animals, helps the body heal from all types of cancer and clinical data, helps to prevent cancer, using it appears to lower risk of cancer, and those are only some of my many more personal claims, but you can find... Wait. I think I'm, I might have copied this down wrong. This doesn't make sense. I might have... Anyways, ignore it. Ignore that last sentence that I just said. 
basically what this person is saying on this website is that frankincense cures cancer. So folks, um, we've done it. Um, the essential oil women of Young Living have done it. They've they've cured all cancer. Frankincense oil. I, I think I'll just stop the podcast now. That that was a mic drop. Frankincense oil cures cancer. Good night. Good night, everybody. That's that's all I have. Anyways, I wish this was visual so that I you could see me roll my eyes into next year. And this is what I'm talking about. Like these claims are so dangerous, specifically for the, the Ebola ones. Yes, but Ebola was not something that we were really dealing with in North America. Um, so that's why the cancer ones bother me, I think, more so. And the autism ones as well. That they bother me more so than um, some of the other claims. And I think it's because when you are, you know, when you're a cancer patient or you're someone who has cancer, um, like that is so vulnerable. You know, like it, it, it's, and it's horrible to have cancer and to think that like your body is essentially attacking itself and there's not really a lot you can do. There are some cancers that are more treatable than others. Like breast cancer, I think is one of the most treatable cancers that might be wrong. Um, but then there are others that are not so treatable and not so curable and, you know, like they're terminal once you have them and to, to pick on that fear of death that we all have and especially um when you're not ready like to find out that you have a terminal cancer usually people are not at an age where they have experienced all that they want to experience um and it's it's very predatory to 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 pick on people who have terminal illnesses or things that don't have a cure like autism and I think the autism one bothers me a lot because like you don't cure autism and I think a lot of families who come um at this from an autism lens or have experienced autism would tell you that you know it's not about curing autism it's about curing the world around them so how do you make the world around them a better place for someone who has autism um but anyway that's just that's just my thoughts on it um and so yeah those are just some examples um from the letter and the other thing that the letter talks about is regarding the consumption of these essential oils that's what i was just talking about um and so it's a hotly debated topic i guess if essential oils are consumable or not um, but specifically in the letter that they sent to um young living it says this we note that some of your young living essential oils are marketed as dietary supplements but are offered for topical use and or intended for inhalation um under an act a dietary supplement is defined among other things as a product intended for ingestion topical products and other products that are not intended for ingestion are not dietary supplements in any case, the claims referenced above in this letter are drug claims, which are not substantial, which are not suitable claims for dietary supplements. As such, whether or not they are intended for ingestion, the above mentioned products are drugs under under the act, and not dietary supplements under the act. 
so basically what the FDA is saying is that um, if their products, so their products are, are graded as topical and um, not intended for ingestion, but they're claiming that they are intended for ingestion. And so that answer, that really answers the question. Like, um, it's not, it, like, it's not, it's not a question. Like, that's the answer. The FDA said no. Like, you, you have, um, your, your stuff is graded as topical. So, no, you can't consume it. Okay. I'm going to stop rambling. That's the end of the, that's the end of the discussion, people. That's it. Don't, don't inhale. Don't ingest Young Living Essential Oils. There we go. Um... And so, yeah, so naturally, because there is so much controversy around Young Living, there's some lawsuits that um, that are out there against Young Living. And again, all of this is like, like, it's public. This is public record. You can find all this information. So, you know, do some research when you're done listening. So, um, in 2000, the Utah Occupational Safety and Health Division investigated um, the explosion of a distiller that fatally wounded a worker at the Young Living Farms in Utah. Um, They fined Young Living $10,000 for seven safety violations, stating that no consideration was given in the design and construction of the distillation vessels with respect to American Society of Mechanical Engineers pertaining to design and construction of pressure vessels. And that none of the pressure vessels were equipped with any pressure relieving device. Um, and according to the uh, Utah Occupational Safety Group, uh, the entire operation had been designed by Young Living founder Donald Gary Young and built on site. So again, like why he can't just simply like, you know what? Why don't you just employ a medical professional? Why don't you just employ a mechanical engineer? Just do it right the first time, and then you're not going to get screwed by the FDA and all these other companies, all these other, like, governing bodies down the road. Is that rocket science? Or is it just that his ego is so big, he's so narcissistic, that his ego is so big that he just thinks that he can do no wrong. I'm answering my own questions in this episode. Every single time I pose a question, I already know what he's probably thinking is that he's untouchable. <sighs> I can't stand him. I, can't, I don't know this man. I can't stand him. I hate, I hate the claims that he makes. I hate, I hate it all. I hate it all. Um, in 2013 and 2014, there were 11 reports of Young Living customers claiming serious adverse reactions to the company's products. Um, in one case, a woman claimed that her esophagus exploded. Oh my God. Ooh, that gives me like the heebie-jeebies. Her esophagus exploded after consuming Young Living's alkaline drink which required intensive care and surgery. The cause, the FDA concluded that the cause was a product failure. Um, and then the FDA also claimed that the other, um, the other uh, issues that were um, submitted to them, the 11 reports, um, 
they were not product failures, but they were resulted they resulted from other issues such as incorrect usage or an allergic reaction. So, um, yeah, like again, like the FDA said, you can't consume these. People are consuming them and getting sick. They're getting allergic reactions. They're getting burns, um, things like that. So, like, it's it's crazy. Um, and again, in 2014, Young Living settled a lawsuit with a woman who claimed that she suffered severe burns after using the company's bergamot oil on her skin and spending two hours in the sun, leading to permanent injury of the skin on her throat and wrists. Um, in 2017, there was a ruling against Young Living and the U.S. Department of Justice where um, Young Living was made to uh, pay a fine of $760,000. Um, and a guilty plea on federal misdemeanor charges for the illegal trafficking of rosewood oil and spikenard oil in violation of some kind of act in the Endangered Species Act. Um, and the illegal activities were discovered by an outside investigator hired by Young Living. Um, and the company voluntarily disclosed the concerns to the government. Okay, so I mean, that's not too bad. Like, still pretty controversial, but at least they voluntarily disclosed that. Um, maybe they felt like they had to, though. Well, anyways. And then more recently, in 2019, a proposed class action lawsuit was launched in California under the RICO Act against Young Living. Um, company executives Mary Young, Jared Turner, and Benjamin Riley, and several other high-level members of the company the complaint, the complainant seeking $5 million in damages alleged that Young Living is an unlawful pyramid scheme created under the guise of selling essential oils for quasi-medical purposes. Um, so, I mean, I would like to get in on this class action lawsuit. I have never been involved with Young Living ever. I've never spent a single red cent on Young Living products. But I, I would like this. Um, that is so funny because Young Living is an unlawful pyramid scheme created under the guise of selling essential oils for quasi-medical purposes. And that segues us in, like incredibly into the final sort of segment of today's episode. And it's only because um, in my Mary Kay episode, I focus more so on the business model. And in this episode, I'm focusing a lot more on kind of the behind the scenes drama, which I think I like more. Um, I think... I like coming at it from a drama perspective um, and like a like a controversial perspective and then explaining the business model um, afterwards. I think that's much better listening, much more interesting as well for everybody. I am just so hung up on their business models because I am uh, I have a business degree. So to me, their business models are fascinating. However, I don't necessarily think that everybody feels the same way. But, I mean, let me know if you prefer it more to be so from a business model perspective. I'm more than happy to bring it back where I talk more about the business model and less so about um, the controversy. But, anyways, I thought I'd change it up for today's episode and see how we thought. So, the business model. So, again, um, if you've heard an episode of this ever, I don't like to call them multi-level marketing companies because I, I think that multi-level marketing is just... A pyramid scheme wrapped in a bow so i prefer to call them pyramid schemes but the the real technical term from a business perspective is multi-level marketing so young living like i said earlier in the episode is um 
employs multi-level marketing model. And so they recruit thousands of independent distributors who sell directly to customers and earn commissions on sales to distributors recruited into a hierarchical network called downlines. And um, so the distributors can potentially make profit from direct sales. So actually selling um, oils to consumers. However, like I've also said before, where the real money comes from in pyramid schemes is, um, is, you know, like hiring other distributors and recruiting other distributors. And so, um, the lowest rank of distributors at Young Living are called just distributors. However, the top, there are Royal Crown Diamonds. How fancy, how stunning and beautiful. And so um, in 2017, The New Yorker reported that distributors are required by Young Living to make $100 of purchases per month to qualify for commission. Which, if you ever have to work for a company where you have to buy something in order to make money, that is a pyramid scheme and that is illegal. And they are scamming you for every single cent. Because I've said this before and I will say it again. The minute you have to buy, if, if you're buying from them, they do not give a shit if you're selling. Because you're, let, let's say they have, you know, like a hundred um, distributors and each of those distributors is, is responsible for buying a hundred dollars worth of product a month. So that's a hundred, that's a hundred times 12 times a hundred. I can't even do that math. It's probably very easy. You just add all the zeros together, but so they don't care. They're making profit regardless of whether or not you're selling because they're making profit off of you. Um, and so, um, basically the, According to the public income statement, in 2016, approximately 94% of Young Living's active members made less than a dollar a year. Now, let me say that again. 94% of Young Living's active members made less than one dollar. While less than one percent, one-tenth of the percent made over a million. My friends... Those are not good odds. It makes me so sad when I read this. And that people, it, it makes me sad because pyramid schemes attack vulnerable groups. I've said this before and I'll say it again. They attack vulnerable groups, people who are less likely to do this level of research. Um, and so they, they don't know this. They don't see this. They don't think to ask for income disclosure statements. Um, they don't think. And so Again, I'm going to digress really quickly because I just remembered this. So I'm part of lots of anti-MLM uh, Facebook groups. And one of the posts that I saw in one of them recently was that a woman and her husband who worked for Young Living spent $10,000 on their monthly, their monthly, like, t like, um, their monthly, like, personal uh, use of the product costs them ten thousand dollars a month i'm stunned what are you doing with ten thousand dollars worth of essential oils that you use up in a month so anyways like that and if you multiply that by 12 like come on one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year on essential oils how you don't have that money i'm sorry you don't you don't 
Um, and clearly none of the women who work at, or the, the people, I shouldn't just say women, the people who work at Young Living, clearly 94% of them don't have that money because they're making like a dollar, less than a dollar a year. 94% make less than a dollar a year. Um, and then there was an analysis done on the company's 2018 income disclosure statement by Business Insider. Um, 89% of all members attempting their own business were on the bottom tier, earning an average of $4 annually, while those in the first three tiers, um, comprising of 98.7% of active members, averaged between $4 and $1,500 a year, which does not, which does not include the um, monthly $100 minimum spend. So even those people who are making $1,500 a year, they're not making $1,500 a year. They're not. They're making, what are they making? $300 a year because every single month they have to spend $100 on Young Living. So if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, if for some reason after hearing all of this, you're still sitting there thinking, you know, do I want to be a part of Young Living? The answer is no. The answer is you will not make money. You will not make money on any pyramid scheme. And Young Living is no exception. And if after hearing all that stuff about Gary Young being a fake-ass doctor, and you're still wondering, should I be a part of Young Living? I don't know how to help you. Because it should be so obvious that the answer is no. Um, but if it's not, then what I suggest is try therapy first and then consider if you want to be a part of Young Living. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, that's all that I have. Uh, don't forget to follow me um, on Instagram. It's at your pyramid scheme. Um, I need to double check that before I just say the wrong thing. I'll have all the links um, down below. Yes. Okay. So Instagram at your pyramid scheme. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions, comments, concerns. If you um, have a specific pyramid scheme that you want me to do next. Um, I have an episode filmed already on another pyramid scheme that's crazy. Um, but if there's anything that you want to see, don't hesitate to reach out and let me know because I would love to hear from you guys. Okay. Talk next week. Bye.